0: Good evening. My name is David, uh, also affectionately known here as Kimmy. I'm a student minister here. It's my privilege um, to, in a sense, start off our Christmas season with God's Word. Uh, But before we do, uh, could everyone make sure they have a Bible in front of them to follow along well? Um, And let me pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and we thank you for your Word. Lord, as we go through your Word, by your Spirit, help us to understand with wisdom and clarity uh, help us to understand and for our knowledge of Christ to be enriched through your word. Uh, help us to grow in our faith and to grow in our thanksgiving to you so that we may live our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one thing um, I've really enjoyed since coming to Chesswood, Prezi, uh is the singing. I love singing in our services. I loved the singing at our men's retreat. And I especially love the singing at our CPC karaoke night. (laughs) Now, just a couple of things. Uh, Firstly, I'm Korean. So by default, I'm a karaoke junkie. Uh, But secondly, I I grew up um, listening to the good old rock ballads of the 80s and 90s. So if you combine Korean karaoke junkie and love for rock ballads, this is what you get. Power of the mullet. Uh. (laughs) But, But if we think about it, songs and singing are much more than just simply things we like. They are much more than just a hobby. If you really think about it, they are indicators. They're indicators of our identity. They are indicators of the experiences that make us who we are. Sports fans have chants that align with the team they support. Countries are introduced by their national anthems. The world keeps coming up with songs about heartbreak because of the endless heartbreaks we experience. Our songs and our singing are indicators of who we are. Now, tonight is our special carols service with a particular focus on singing some of our favorite carols. But why? Who are we that these are the songs we choose to sing and enjoy tonight? Well, we're looking at uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Colossians tonight, and he begins tonight's passage by summarizing the first couple of chapters. He says that the Colossians are those who have been raised with Christ. Read with me uh, Colossians chapter 3 and the first half of verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 First half of verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Now, what does Paul mean by this? What does he mean when he tells the Colossians that they have been raised by Christ? Well, we can find a helpful explanation a couple of uh, verses before. There, Paul writes that the Colossians were initially dead in their sins, Because of their rebellion against God, the Colossians had a debt they could never pay. They were standing under condemnation. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God has graciously and mercifully cancelled their debt. He has forgiven them of their sins. So instead of remaining dead in sin, God has made the Colossians alive with Jesus. Read with me a couple of verses back. Colossians chapter two, verse 13 to 14. Colossians chapter two, verse 13 to 14. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, when Paul wrote to the Colossians um, that they were raised with Christ, he wasn't just simply talking about their salvation. He was also talking about their transformation. Their salvation resulted in a new identity for the Colossians. So because of this new identity, the Colossians were now a people who set their hearts and their minds on the things above. They were now a people who wanted the things of God and not the things of this world. Because they were saved and transformed. Because their lives were now hidden in Christ. Or in other words, they were in union with Christ. Because now the Colossians live for the future glory that is to come with the return of Christ. Please read with me Colossians chapter 3, from the rest of verse 1 to verse 4. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, what does it look like to want the things of God? For the remainder of tonight's passage, Paul gives us principles under two categories. He gives us the principles under the negative and the positive, the things the Colossians shouldn't want, and the things the Colossians should want. In this next verse, Paul begins with the negative, and he makes it clear that he's talking about the negative because he calls the Colossians to put the following things to death. As followers of Jesus, the Colossians were now to get completely rid of these things, and Paul begins with the heart. Paul begins with getting rid of the evil desires that belonged to the earthly ways. And he describes all of these things together as idolatry. And he is spot on. These desires of the heart is idolatry because they reveal that the heart is not content with God. It shows that the person thinks he or she knows better than God. And so whatever is placed above God ends up receiving the worship that God alone deserves. Paul goes on to say that whoever lives in this idolatry, there is only one ending for them, and that is to receive the wrath of God. Read with me Colossians 3, verse 5 to 6. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. But remember, the Colossians, they have been raised with Christ. They don't live in this idolatry anymore. Instead, they live as people who have set their hearts and their minds on the things of God. And so Paul continues about getting rid of sinful behaviors and attitudes. In these next couple of verses, Paul focuses on getting rid of the ways the Colossians sin mainly with their speech. Now, why would Paul place such an emphasis on their speech? I think it's because Paul is following a particular line of logic that the Lord Jesus himself taught. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus taught that it wasn't what went into a person's mouth that made them unholy. Jesus taught that rather, it was what comes out of the mouth that makes someone unholy. This is from Matthew chapter 15, verse 17 to 19 on the screen. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Jesus makes an important connection here between the heart and the mouth. The mouth is essentially the piece that reveals what's in the heart. And so coming back to tonight's passage, Paul has just told the Colossians to get rid of the evil desires in their hearts. And so if the Colossians have had their hearts cleaned out, then naturally their mouths should be cleaned too. And that is why they were to get rid of the ways in which they sin with their speech. Read with me Colossians 3, verse 7 to 8. Colossians 3, verse 7 to 8. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie. We'll get there later. (laughs) But along with their speech, Paul goes on to uh, to the Colossians to say to them, they have to change not only their speech, but the way they treat each other. And it's because these two things are tied closely together. Their speech and the way they treat others are tied closely together. And so Paul tells the Colossians that they shouldn't be treating each other poorly. They shouldn't be lying to one another. And above all, they shouldn't be discriminating one another. Especially, they shouldn't be discriminating other Christians. There should be no discrimination amongst God's people because they all share faith in the same Jesus. It is the same Jesus that has completely saved all of them. Regardless of who they are, regardless of their background, regardless of their history, by trusting in Jesus, by trusting that he has forgiven them and has paid their debt, they have received the same salvation as all other believers. And that is why there should be no discrimination. Read with me from verse 9 to 10. Verse 9 to 10. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Now from verse 12, Paul moves from the negative to the positive. He moves on from what the Colossians shouldn't want now to what they should want. But as he does so, Paul gives another reminder about the Colossians' new identity in Christ. He gives them the reason as to why they were to live as they were being called. It is because, again, they are God's chosen people, having been forgiven in Christ, made holy. And being dearly loved. By having been raised with Christ, these Colossians have experienced God's great love for them. And having been made holy, they have been made set apart for God, to live for him according to his ways. So now the Colossians were to live in contrast to their former earthly ways. And so instead of being angry and using filthy language, they were to put on and reflect the character of Jesus who was compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, and patient. Instead of discriminating against others, and especially other Christians, they were to be forgiving and forbearing, just as Jesus was with them. And Paul says that all of these attitudes were to be bound together by love. The same love that first came from God. God because the love shown to them through Jesus becomes the motivation by which the Colossians live and treat others. Read with me Colossians 3, verse 12 to 14. 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Then Paul, now he gives the Colossians the final contrast of the heart. Instead of their hearts being ruled by evil desires, they were now to be ruled by the peace of Christ. It's the peace that enabled the Colossians to find right relationship with God, to find right relationship with one another. And this peace that was achieved by Jesus on the cross is also the message of Jesus. And so Paul goes on to say to the Colossians that this message, this peace of Jesus was to dwell among the people of God and to um, uh, dwell among them richly. The Colossians were to continually enrich their understanding of this peace and also the experience of this peace. And they were to do this by teaching one another the message of Christ, by helping each other stay firm in their faith in Christ, And by singing songs. To sing songs about this message. To sing songs about this peace that we have in Christ. To sing about the good news of our sins being forgiven and being paid for. To sing of the good news of Jesus. And throughout all these things, Paul tells the Colossians to be thankful to God. To be thankful. So not only does love become the motivation by which they live, but also thanksgiving to God becomes the motivation by which the Colossians live for Christ. Read with me from verse 15 to verse 17. Colossians 3, verse 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful Paul tells the Colossians that they have been raised with Christ. Their sins have been forgiven. They are no longer dead in sin, but have been made alive with Christ. So now they have a new identity in Christ, a new life that is in union with him. And so that is why they set their hearts and minds on the things of God and not on the things of this world. They put to death the evil desires of their hearts, They put to death their sinful speech and they put to death the discrimination of others and other Christians. And instead, as people who have been raised with Christ, they put on the attitudes that reflect Jesus. They put on the virtues of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. They are characterized by the love and forgiveness that was shown to them through Jesus And they have their hearts ruled by the peace that was achieved by Jesus. And they have this message dwell among them richly through teaching one another, encouraging and admonishing one another, and by singing to and with one another. And in all these things, they do it with thanksgiving to God. So then what does this mean for us today? What does it mean for us now? Well, firstly, I'd like to say that everything Paul has said tonight um, in Colossians chapter 3, everything he has said to the Colossians applies the same to us today. Everything Paul said about Jesus and what he has done for the Colossians remains true and remains the same. And and so everything Paul said about how the Colossians were to live in response to that remains true and remains the same. And so in light of this, in light of this, let me first say to those of us here tonight who have yet to put their trust in Jesus. We welcome you, and we are so glad you could join us tonight. And we are especially glad because we want you to be a part of this family, to be a part of God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We want you to be with us as those raised with Christ, to find forgiveness of your sins in him, to no longer be be ruled by the evil desires of your heart that belongs to this world, but instead to be ruled by the peace of Christ to share with us, to share with those of us who trust in Jesus, his great love and, and the gratitude that comes from him. And the good news tonight, dear friends, is that to join us in this wonderful life, you simply need to put your trust in Jesus, to believe that his death and his resurrection forgives you of your sins. It pays the debt that you can't pay. And so by relying on Jesus, you too can live this wonderful life of true love, true peace, and true gratitude. Dear friends, won't you consider this invitation tonight and put your trust in Jesus? For the rest of us here who are already trusting in Jesus, I I hope tonight's been a great reminder for us to be thankful to God and for this thanksgiving, this gratitude to become our motivation to live for him and to share this good news with those around us. To be thankful for this identity we have in Jesus. Thankful to have been forgiven and raised up with Christ and transformed. Thankful to no longer be ruled by these evil desires, but to be ruled by the peace of Christ. Thankful that we have been chosen and loved and made holy. Thankful to have peace with God and no more hostility with him and with others. Thankful that we get to have this message of peace and to share it among us so that it dwells within us richly to be able to share this news and teach this uh, message of peace with one another, to be able to live life with one another in light of this peace, helping us on the journey, and to be able to sing about this message, to be able to sing about this great peace we have because of Jesus and so may this christmas season be a season for all of us characterized by thanksgiving to god and all that we do and all that we say it will be motivated by our thanksgiving to god to be grateful to god for all he has done for us in his son jesus so who are we that we are singing carols tonight we are spending this whole evening singing carols well We are a people that have been raised by Christ. We are a people who live for Christ, and we are a people who are thankful to God for Christ. And so that is why we sing these wonderful songs about our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, in whom we have found forgiveness of our sins, in whom we have found eternal life, in whom we have found a new identity, a new life. We, th- we, we thank you that in Jesus we get to live this wonderful life of peace, peace with you and peace with one another. Help us, Lord, by your Spirit to be grateful for this. And may this Christmas season for all of us be a season defined by this gratitude giving you thanks in all that we do and giving all glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.